With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. We want to welcome you to the worship services of the Homerville Church of Christ. We appreciate you stopping in to listen to the podcast. If you're listening live, we'll be with you in just a couple minutes. If you're listening in the archives, you can fast forward about three or four minutes. And we'll begin shortly. We hope that you find everything done in accordance with the New Testament pattern. And if you have any Bible questions, we'd be glad to do our best to give you an answer from the Bible. Uh, you can leave those questions in the chat box during a live podcast, or you can, or you can uh, leave us a message on our Facebook page, and we'll get back to you with that as quicker, excuse me, as quickly as we can. Thanks for stopping in. We'll be with you in just a minute.
there be three things which do well, yea, four are comely in going. A lion which is strongest among beasts, and turneth not away for him. A great hound, and he good also, and a king against whom there is no rising up. Thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil, lay thine hand upon thy mouth. Surely the churning of milk bringeth forth butter, and the ringing of the nose bringeth forth blood, so the forcing of wrath bringeth forth Christ. Five hundred eighteen. Five
Father, we pray for our country. May we continue to have peace and freedom. These are leaders and judges. Pray that you will bless them, that they will lead us in ways that are harmony with your will. We pray for our brothers and sisters throughout the world, especially those in hard and difficult places. May your special blessing to be on them. Help us all in carrying your word forward. And they will be that shining light, that city that is set upon a hill. This thing we pray. Number 411. 411. After we sing this song, we'll uh, take a little cup. For the death and the riches of God's saving grace, Lord, I've the cross for me.
this time of we'll say a prayer for the partaking of the bread. Dear Lord, we thank you for today and all the many blessings you give us. Most of all, we thank you for sending your son to die for our sins. And now we partake of the bread to represent fish and body present. We will protect it and make it pleasing unto you. We constantly pray. Amen. Through the vine represents Jesus' the shed blood, and this time heaven will say a prayer for the partaking of through the vine. Again, dear Lord, thank you for sending your son to die for our sins. And now, partaking through the vine, which represents the shed blood, we pray that we partake of it in a manner pleasing unto you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. to another portion of our service, which is giving and reading. First Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, we're commanded to give. In verse 1 it says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I give an order to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper. There be no collections made when I come. This time I must say a prayer for the offering. Dear Lord, thank you for blessing us with the opportunity to have a job so we have a way to earn a living. Now as we give back a portion 
that, that you bless the liberty pray that we give in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Let's go ahead and mark your books to number 668. Number 668, that'll be the phone that serves you. Found that turn over to number 587. This old sweet to trust in Jesus does to thank him at his word, does to
good to see each of you this morning. I hope you're doing well. Glad to have our visitors with us. Always glad to see you and hope you'll be able to be back with us at your next convenience. And hope you'll uh, stick around and let us visit a little bit with you. And I know there's things to do and places to go and, and those kind of things, but it's always good to see each other. It's good to be here this morning. But I was getting things ready. There is a PowerPoint presentation right there on that computer, but it's not cooperating today. So that being the case, if you want any kind of notes, if you want any kind of handout, I don't. I didn't even put paper out because it's just going to be up there, and I thought you could just handle it. But if you might want to just write the word care down the side of your paper. That's what we're going to be looking at is an acrostic with the word care. We sang the song a few moments ago, Does Jesus Care? We just sang the song. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Job tells us the man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble, Job 14.1. I have a schedule and been working on keeping to that schedule, and actually I've done better this year than normal. Here lately it hadn't worked out so well. And over the course of this week, there have been several events that have taken place that caused me to do some thinking and made me need to look and, and do some considering of some things. And I thought, because I know some of you were telling me some of the things going on in your lives, that maybe we could all benefit from just looking at this question. The, the, the song came to mind, Does Jesus Care? In order for us to trust him, we got to come to terms with the fact that, yes, he does care, as the song says. The song describes various circumstances in our life. It talks about the difficult days that we face. And, you know, if you look back over the course of your last week, you probably had at least a difficult day. You may have had more than one. Things just were not going the way you thought they ought to go. There may have been other things that were added to that day or other days during the course of the week. I know of at least one friend of mine who, who found out he's got prostate cancer. This week, we know of the loss of life. We know of others who are struggling with sicknesses. You may be struggling with things yourself. The song talks about those, those days when we, we have that enemy that it doesn't have a name. It doesn't really have a face. I think it was verse 2, and I got the words kind of changed around. But basically, there's a, an unknown enemy that's seemingly out to get us. Well, ultimately, we know all of that goes back to sin, and it goes back to Satan. Because before sin entered into the world, before Satan made his impact on God's creation, recorded for us in Genesis 3, God said, Behold, it was very good. But sin corrupted the things of this world. Sin brought these bad days, these unknown enemies, these, these difficulties that we face. The song talks about struggling with temptation. And you and I know how it is as we go through this life. We, we know that God loves us. We know that he, he, Jesus died on the cross for us so that we have the forgiveness of our sins. And yet as Christians, we know that as we walk in the light as he is in the light, John 1, uh, 1 John 1, verse 9 tells us that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. But it doesn't stop there. In verse 9 it says, If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. John is telling us there that while we walk in the light, as we're doing God's will, 
we have that continual cleansing. But we also have a continual need to identify when we've sinned in our lives and, and we're struggling and maybe we fall down, that we recognize, we fell. We, we didn't do what we needed to do, but we get back up and we keep on going. And it may be during the course of this week you've had some struggling with some temptations. Maybe some old friends, so to speak, came to visit and those temptations were revived. You may have given in to them. Does Jesus care about that? To think about this question, does Jesus care? The first thing we want to consider is the fact that, yes, he does care. He's concerned about you and he's concerned about me. I want you to notice an illustration in Luke chapter 10, I believe it is. No, it's Luke 12, sorry. In Luke chapter 12, verses 6 and 7, as Jesus is teaching, Luke 12, verses 6 and 7, notice he says, ask the question, are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. If you go back to Genesis 1 and 2 and you read the creation account, God said, let there be life. And he begins to put things in order and to bring things into existence. The, the sea eventually will become full of life. And, and if you've ever, if you know somebody who has a pond, uh, Brother Mitchell, Brother Ray, y'all have ponds at your house. I've been there when you feed them. And, but if you've ever been to somebody's house when it's feeding time and they've got a pond and, and they've been feeding them regularly, um, my mother's uncle had a catfish pond and he could shake the bucket at the top of the hill and the waters would start churning. When you read the, the creation account and, and God causes the sea to bring forth life, that's the picture that comes to my mind, except you've got whales, you've got sharks, you've got fish, you've got squid, all those things that we know live in the, in the sea, all of those things coming to life, the waters churning because of the life that God puts within them. The birds begin to fly, the the deer and the antelope, as the song goes, begin to play. All of the things that we know and we take for granted, they didn't always exist, but God spoke them into existence, and Jesus points us to the little sparrow. Now, the sparrow was created before us. Everything else was created before us. Man was not created for the earth. The earth was created for him. And God then placed his man in the garden, breathes into his nostrils the breath of life. He, he takes the rib from his side, makes woman, tells them to dress and keep the garden. Jesus says, have you seen the sparrows in the market? Aren't they sold? Five for two farthings? Now I want you to keep that in mind and go back to Matthew chapter 10. I want you to see something. You may remember, the Matthew chapter 10 in verse 29, notice he says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? And Matthew's account says two are sold for one. Luke's account says five are sold for two. Basically, you got to buy two, get one free, or buy four, get one free. When we think about things like that in today's world, we think that that extra one's nice, but really and truly, it's really not that significant. But Jesus says, not one of them falls, except God takes notice. 
But you go back to Luke's account and notice this question. Back in Luke chapter 12, verse 7 says, But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. God takes note when one little bird dies. And you've probably seen a little bird lying dead on the ground, and it's a sad sight. But the creator of the universe knows about that bird. And Jesus says that we're of more value than a whole bunch of those birds. Turn your attention now to Psalm chapter 8, or Psalm 8. You want to say it the proper way. Psalm 8. Believe that this was written by David either as he was working as a shepherd, as he thought back on the days as a shepherd. Psalm 8, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who has set thy glory above the heavens? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou, <clears throat> that thou mightest still the enemy in the avengers. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. We'll stop right there and just kind of picture it. You look around, you may be a clear night, not like the night when we had the eclipse, but you think about a, a clear, beautiful night where you can see all the stars, maybe a few of the planets are visible. You see the moon, and you see the beauty of God's creation, and, and you can just picture David either looking back, standing maybe on, on his rooftop, looking up at the heavens, and thinking back when he would keep his father's sheep. And you think about the one who made all of these, this beautiful, these beautiful things, and he talks about how that the works of his fingers. Now, those of you who deal with little intricate things, now maybe you've put together a model, maybe you've done some sewing, you don't use your fist. You know, it's, it's, it's very delicate. And just picture God putting the moon where it's going to be. Here's a star. There's an, here's the solar system over here. You think about the, the mighty, powerful creator of the universe working on every little detail. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hand. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all the sheep, the oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. The one who made everything that is is concerned about you and he's concerned about me. So much so that not only did he make the, the creation of the earth and put us to have dominion over all of it, but you go to Hebrews chapter 2 and, and the Hebrews writer quotes this psalm. And he takes us even a step further into the concern that God has for each of us. Hebrews chapter 2, beginning in, uh, well, we're beginning in verse 8, he's quoting this psalm, but he, picking up in the middle of it, he says, Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is put, not put under him. But now we see not yet all things are put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. 
when sin entered into the world, all of the pain, all of the sickness, and death itself entered into the world. We had to figure out a way to get over that, but God did. He sent Jesus so that when we go to the grave, we don't have to be afraid. It's sad when we lose loved ones and we don't necessarily want to get in the express lane ourselves to leave this world. But he's concerned enough about us that he made a way for us to escape. Jesus gave us power over death because of his and God's concern for us. He made a way that we can be victorious in death. Does Jesus care? Sure he does. He's concerned about you and he's concerned about me. We're more valuable than all the birds that have ever been. He's concerned. But you know, there's something about concern. There are some things I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about my friend that I just found out had cancer. But there's not a thing in the world that I by myself can do about that. I'm not a doctor. I don't know, I don't know how cancer works exactly. I've learned a little bit sitting over here in some of the science classes while I've been substituting. Uh, I've learned a little bit about cancer through the years. But there's nothing that I can't go over to them and say, here, do this, and everything will be fine. Even the doctors, they, they're still trying to figure out how, what can we do better? How can we treat this? What can we do about this? There's a difference between being concerned and being able to do something about your concern. But Jesus is able. He is able. Notice Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3 is Paul is, is writing to these brethren, encouraging them and, and presenting the glory of the church. As he finishes this, what, what we have divided out is chapter 3. He, he ends with this praise of God, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask of things, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him the glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end, and amen. Now, we understand we're not going to have miracles like they did back in the New Testament times. He's not telling us that God's going to work against his nature, but what he's telling us is God's more able than what we can imagine. He's more able than what we can think. And when we think about the things going on in our lives and the struggles that we have, when we think about our friends and our neighbors and the concern we have for them, we have what we think is what they need. But God's able to, able to do even better than that. He knows what we need. Remember in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, as Jesus talks about the things that, that we should pray for, he talks about pray for our daily bread. Pray for these things. But he, he, he talks about not being concerned about the day-to-day -day things because God knows we need these things already. But he's the one that made the world. He's the one that sustains it by his word. He's able to do something about it. He's able to help us. He's able to do more than we can think and more than we can imagine. 
you think about his care for us and his ability to take care of us. Isn't it comforting and reassuring to know that Jesus cares about you and me? Now, there's sometimes people will care about this individual, but they don't care about that individual. But he cares about everybody. And so not only do we know that he cares because of his concern and because of his ability to take care of us and provide for us those things that we need, even more so than what we can, can, can figure out in our own mind. We know he's, he cares because he's ready. Because he's ready. In Matthew 23, as Jesus was speaking about the Pharisees, Matthew, yeah, Matthew 23, as he's speaking about the Pharisees in a chapter that really has nothing good to say about those folks of God's people because of their turning away from him. But Matthew 23 and verse 37, as Jesus has, has, has gone through the various woes that he pronounces against the Pharisees and the scribes, notice, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that which are sent unto her. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, and you would not. You go back into the history of God's people and you think about their relationship with God. He brings them out of Egypt. They get caught between the Red Sea and the Egyptians. What do they do? You brought us out here to die. We're just going to, here come the Egyptians. They're going to get us. And Moses says, be still. See the, see the glory of the Lord. He, 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 he's going to deliver you. You keep on going. And, and all throughout their journey, in fact, 1 Corinthians 10 really captures the various events that took place throughout their wanderings and, and the difficulties that they had in that relationship with God. But all through the journey, God was faithful to them. They weren't faithful to him, but he was faithful to them. And he provided for them. He brought them to the land that he had promised them. And yet, they eventually rebelled and, and went in captivity. They came back. And now the, the very leaders of the Jewish people, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, have these woes pronounced on them because their hearts were not with God. But he says, I'd heal you, but you don't want to be healed. But he continued to be concerned for them. He was ready to take care of them. If they just simply received the care, he would provide. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, in that context, describing the various things that they, had, they went through and the, the times that they, they failed because they turned to themselves instead of God, we're told there is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted or tried by the difficulties of life, above that you are able, but will with the temptation or trial make, also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear. He's ready to help you and me. He's faithful. Now, sometimes we, we're around people who want to be faithful to us, who want to be there for us, but either because of of the, the, just the nature of life. We can't be everywhere at one time. We have limited capacity in doing all the things that we want to do to help each other, and sometimes we just fall short. Sometimes we just mess it up. But God is faithful. He's ready. He's always ready. As his children, we can pray to him anywhere, anytime, about anything, and we can have confidence that he will hear us and that he will bless us with those things that we need and even more so. He's ready. And he's ready 
not only to help us with the day-to-day problems, the difficulties and the sadnesses and things we face, but he's also ready to help us with our struggle with sin. Remember in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, as John finishes the letter to the Laodicean church, Jesus through John writes, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. They, they were his people, but they weren't being faithful, and he wanted them to come back to repent, and he would provide for them that which they needed, the cleansing of their sin, the restoration. He's ready. Finally, we know and can know and be assured that Jesus cares about us because of his concern, because of his ability, because of his readiness, but also because of his empathy. I have trouble with the two words, empathy and sympathy. I had to look them up about three times to keep them straight as I was getting this, this together. Empathy is the ability to be able to feel with another. When there's times of joy, one of the, one of the illustrations in the dictionary I saw was the, the guest felt joy or felt empathy with the couple as they were getting married. Well, we, we understand that. When we see our friends or our loved ones at a wedding, we're, we're, we're just as happy as we can be for them and with them in that occasion. But we understand that the things of this life are not always joyous, and we're told that we're to rejoice with those that rejoice, to weep with those who weep. But it's also important for us to keep in mind that we have one who is mindful of us, who's concerned about us, who is able and ready to be with us, to help us. And according to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, he is touched, he feels with us. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He feels with us. Now isn't that a wonderful idea? We think about the struggles that we face. We've got an election coming up, and frequently we start talking about how the people up in Washington don't know how I'm, they don't know anything about my day-to-day. They don't understand what it's like to have to go and buy a gallon of milk and have to be judicious as to where you go and buy your things because they just go and they do or they have somebody do those things for them. They don't know the struggles of day-to-day life. There's a disconnect, and yet they want to say, I understand how you, I understand the difficulties. And maybe some of them have more, a better understanding than what we understand. But the Hebrews writer is telling us the very Son of God, as you and I go through the ups and downs of life, He feels with us. He's walked the streets of this world, He left the glories of heaven to live as you and I live. No, we didn't have the internet in his day. Didn't have airplanes and things that we, the technology that we have today, but he had life. And as you read through the pages of the New Testament, even the pages of the Old Testament, there's a whole lot about life that you and I can identify with. And he lived it so that he can be our high priest. Now, a high priest had to be able to speak. He's a mediator. He had to be able to speak for both parties. And so as God, he, he can speak to us and say, this is what God expects. This is how you have to live. But how can God, or the second person, the Godhead, tell God the Father, this is, this is life as a human being? He had to become one of us. 
And so the Philippians writer tells us, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but was made, made in the likeness of men. Took upon himself the, servant, the form of servants, made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Sometimes when we think about Jesus, we, we focus on his miraculous ability. We focus on that he was God. And sometimes we forget to focus on the fact that he was a man. A hundred percent. He had the same aches and pains that, that all of us have had at that point in time in our life. Probably had a few more because life wasn't quite as comfortable then as it is now. He was a man. He had fear. He had concern. He had compassion. He had love. He had good days. He had bad days. He was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. And he gives us the boldness, the Hebrews writer tells us, to go and approach the throne of grace with confidence. We may find, obtain grace and find mercy. Kind of me. Does Jesus care? Sometimes, go back to my one of my favorite verses, Psalm 31, towards the end of the chapter. David writes and talks about how that in his mind, as far as he could tell, he was cut off from God. And when I picture that, I picture an old war movie where the, the, the few little pocket of soldiers, they're over here, and the enemy's all around them, and everybody else on their side's over here. The radio's not working. There's no way they can communicate to the people that can get them out. He said, I thought I was cut off, but I cried out anyway, and you heard me. It may seem like he doesn't care. It may seem like the struggles are never going to be finished. We may not see any way out. But we've got to remember Jesus does care. The song says, oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are dreary, the long nights weary, I know my Savior cares. He's concerned about you. And he's able to do something about it. He's ready and empathetic. And so isn't it so sweet to trust in Jesus? To know that no matter what life throws at us, whether we just have a bad day and things don't go, you know, the computer doesn't work, whether we're struggling with temptation, whether we're faced with the calamities of life, whatever the case is, he knows He's aware and he's concerned about you and me. And we can trust him to see us safely through whatever it is if we'll follow him. He led the way. This morning, if you're struggling, not only do you have a Savior who cares about you, you've got brothers and sisters that care about you. And we want to do anything that we can to help you. Sometimes we have to have a little bit more help on that than others because we may not realize what we can do to help you. But if we can help you in any way to, to make it through the difficulties that life, life is throwing at you, we want to do that. We want to pray with you and for you. We want to help you in any way that we can, encourage you to be there with you. You may just want the prayers of the church this morning on your behalf. If you're struggling with sin as a child of God, you understand 
the salvation, the joy of salvation, the confidence and assurance, but you know there's something that's gotten back into your life that you've allowed into your life. Today's a great day to get that out, to, to, to come back and trust in Jesus, to, to trust him to help you take away the sin that you can continue walking in the light of season of life. We'd love to pray weekend for you again to help you in any way that we can to overcome the temptation you're facing. You've not obeyed the gospel. There's a Savior who cares about you. He's concerned about you. In fact, he was concerned about all of us before we had any idea we needed a Savior. He came, he lived a perfect life, died on the cross. An innocent man is resurrected the third day. He instituted a way by which we can have our sins washed away. Romans 6, 3, and 4 tells us that we're buried with him in the waters of baptism into his death where our, our sins are washed away by his blood. There's not, nothing special about the water. But then we arise to walk in newness of life because of the power of God. If you do not obey the gospel, we plead with you, and the Lord pleads with you to receive the gift that the Savior has made possible through his death. If you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, please come as we stand and sing. Come to
remember those on our prayer list. I forgot to mention Kayla be traveling back home today, I guess. And remember her while she's traveling back home also. Any other announcements that needs to be made? We're going to have lunch at, uh, at the ball, so everybody's welcome if you come and eat. Eat plenty. Anything else? All right, if there's nothing else, hope everybody have a great day and everybody can be back this evening at the appropriate time. Let's Mitchell dismiss us with prayer. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we come to you now to close this service thanking you, Lord, for blessing us that we are able to be here to hear this message this morning. We thank you for Brother Andrew and for his ability to bless him with and he brings his lesson like this for us and helps us to better understand your word and your will for us. And Lord, we know that you do care for us and, and we pray, Lord, that you will continue to watch over and bless us as you have in the past. We pray that we will be good servants for you and, and that the things we do will be pleasing to you, that, that we can help others in this area, in this, in this community to find the truth of the gospel and we pray, Lord, that we will do our part as we approach these people to let them know we love them and care for them and we can present the gospel in a way that, that you will be happy with and, and that we can help others. Heavenly Father, we pray that you please be with those that are traveling today, with mom and that daddy, they travel to Tampa, and we pray that you please be with Kayla as she comes home. And Lord, we pray that you be with Aunt Martha as she is undergoing surgery now at this time, and pray that you be well for her and that the surgery will be successful. pray that you'll be with all those that are battling cancer at this time, that they are getting the care they need, and that the treatment they are receiving will do the most good. And the Father, please be with the poor family in their time of loss and help them as they work their way through this sorrowful time of their life. Pray that we can be a comfort to them in any way possible. Heavenly Father, please be with all of us now as we depart this place. God, God, direct over us until we can meet here again.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.